Market Watch is proudly brought to you by Top Sport, home of the Top Sport betting multi. Gamble responsibly. Call 1800 858 858. G'day everyone, welcome to a special semi-final Rugby League World Cup edition of the Market Watch podcast. It's proudly brought to you by topsport.com.au. Remember, they are the home of the best of the best multis. Well, he's done it again, Jared Condon. I can't believe Oh, Mate, if only we could put that on the podcast, Jared, right? Eh? <laughs> oh, Sydney Bears. The old anyway, anyway, the usual suspects are here. I'm talking about Tristan Mullahan, the number one seed up there at Topsport, and I'm talking about, oh... The storyteller from way back, Hans Christian Condon, uh, Jared Condon from readingtheplay.com. Oh, this, this is another stitch up, isn't it, Jimmy? <laughs> I've got to say, best. Jimmy, the half an hour before this show is the best oh. uh, best half an hour of my week. Jared just comes on here and, and it's it's like you're sitting there at kindergarten, you cross your legs and you sit back yeah. and you listen to the stories. It's brilliant. It's, uh, it's, uh, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was another level today. It was very enjoyable. I can't believe it. I always thought he was such a nice, quiet sort of fellow, um, that bloke at North City. But anyway, anyway. Well, Jimmy, there'd be many that would argue with you. Um, yes, I'm very well, and uh, I'm sure we'll get into it in a moment. Um, but uh, Australia touched up Lebanon. That's a nice result for the lunch bed table. But can I, before we go, all right, so I don't want to launch into this too early, but look, isn't it ridiculous how you're watching this game and thinking... What Mitchell kick kick over the top, Mitchell Moses. Chip, chip, chip. <laughs> Even though you're down by 44, because you know that the line was 38 and a half, because mate, he's gonna kick the goal, but no worries, it doesn't happen. But anyway, um, that is punting for you. Yeah, it was it was a win from Australia. I'm not sure how dominant they were. Um uh, well, let's call it a more dominant victory than the New Zealand Kiwis, but uh, we'll get to that very shortly. But uh, wherever you're listening, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You can watch us on YouTube as well. Wooshka, Megaphone, all over the place at the moment. Apple, um, uh, Spotify as well. So, yeah. Um, and, and, and what, Jimmy, was soon to have a new um, subscription-only service for the first 30 minutes? <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, the Jared Condon only fans <laughs> podcast, that. That's got some merit in it, Tristan. You're a you'd be a subscriber to that. I, I would. I'm my, my, my wife. So I'm doing this from home actually. If anyone watching on YouTube can see, and my wife's just popped her head in because she said if Jared did an only fan, she'd be definitely subscribing. So uh, I reckon that that could be the, uh, the, the the new string to our boat. So let's see if we can get that one off off the ground. This is the best stitch up ever. Obviously, we'd have to wait till any number of those persons have deceased for uh, defamation reasons. But anyway. Anyway, um, hey, Tristan, do we have an update? Uh, total monies raised for our great charity partner, Pass It On Clothing. We certainly do. And it's uh, we're just bringing that one up now. And we have got a balance of $1,237. So we got hundred, we got 88 back after the collect on the uh, the kangaroos there, minus the 41 and a half. So I think there might also be a couple of fines that have to kick in there, Jimmy. So I'll let you uh, you sort that out when uh, when, when time permits. But uh, 1,237 is the current balance as we're speaking. And I think our new fine system, Tristan, is if, we, if it goes past seven days, we add a zero to it. Correct. Uh, that's, that's the top sport interest rate. And uh, I, reckon, I reckon that might need to apply. All right. Well, that'll be paid tonight then. So no problem. <laughs> we'll sort that out very quickly. Um, yeah, so uh, well done to you on that one, Jared. Um, it was just horrible, wasn't it? The PNG, I, I, 
Well, we'll get to those games very shortly, but anyway. Well, um, maybe if we just quickly go through a review of those four games before yeah. we then go into the, the, the two obvious semi-finals this week, Jimmy. I mean, obviously, Australia Lebanon was the first one, which we're touching on. I mean, I personally thought Australia, again, it just they just haven't been anything better than maybe 70 to 80% of the potential that we think that we know that they have. Um, um, <laughs> Mal obviously was moving a couple of people around. I mean, he was wanting to wait until this week to make some of those tough decisions. I thought Nathan Cleary's been poor um, and poor by his standards. I mean, I think he's got the job done, but I think his um, infield kicking game, in play kicking game has, has been ordinary. Um, I think his, his touch finders, his high balls, his uh, kick into the back end have, have just lacked a little bit of timing. And we know that he's so much better than that. And that's got to be a positive that there's that upside. Um, I thought Australia lacked a little bit of punch through the middle. And I think that changes by bringing uh, Campbell Gillard into this week. So Australia won, covered the line. I thought they probably left another 20 odd points out there. So that was my thoughts on the Australian Lebanon game. Yeah, I... Yeah, I think you're maybe being a little harsh on Nathan Cleary. I think by his standards is the way that you balance that up. Um, I agree. I'm still getting I'm, I'm still getting confusion around what the Australian side is. Like, you know, we talked about it last week. And, okay, it, it's one thing I'm talking about it from a supporter point of view. And you go, okay, well, we want to know who's playing where. The, the numbers add a little bit of confusion to it, but you can move past that. Like, the Gillaroos named their 19 and they named them in order. They named them fullback, winger, centre, centre, winger, 5'8". I knew exactly where those players were playing and it, and it gave great clarity. Again, with Mal Meninga, we get a 19-person squad delivered in alphabetical order. Like, it's, come on. Is it the tough decision you're concerned about making? Because I'm, I'm hearing that Daly Cherry Evans is out and I'm hearing that Regan Campbell-Gillard is in. That's not reflected on the NRL.com website right now. We don't know that. So... Um, I don't think that it's an avoidance of a, a, a tough call, but surely you can't have Harry Grant and Daly Cherry Evans on the bench for Australia. Like, that just does not make sense. Well, I think what's going to happen, Jimmy, is that the two that are... My read on the two that are going to miss out are Cherry Evans out of the 19 and Jake Tavoyvic, and that he'll start with Campbell Gillard. Um, he'll bring Jake Cotter onto the bench. I think that they're the right two uh, calls to make. And that, um, yeah, obviously Cleary stays at seven. Um, and we have Hunt starting and Harry Grant coming off, off uh, the bench. And I think that that is the best 17. We finally got there. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that they're starting the right way. I thought White was uh, very good again last week. I thought Val Holmes was super. He, he's just had a great six months, uh, Val Holmes. Um, Latrell Mitchell was also, uh, had, had his moments. Um, and... Yeah, there's just so much firepower there, which we'll get to talk to uh, in a moment. Um, I thought the halves for Lebanon were probably a little bit disappointing. Um, and, and as I touched on before, I thought Australia could have gone on and won by another 20 to 24 points. All that, you know, he's dropped the two Manly players, right? DCE and Jake T and you're, all that, all because of the 1987 grand final. I'll tell you what, he can hold a grudge, Mal. Can he? <laughs> Not bad. England 46, Papua New Guinea 6. This was the surprise result. I really liked the plus 22 and a half, Tristan. And um, they they did it, they covered it within the first half. Yeah, I was the same. I was I was very on board with the plus in that game. And PNG had been 
been a really good all tournament basically, and um, and yeah, they just didn't quite aim up, and obviously England um, England got the results, so that that that's reflected into the betting in this this week's semi final as well, which um, obviously we'll talk we'll touch on that as we get into the other uh, preview for that game, but yeah, certainly for my end that was the the big surprise. Well, equal with the um, New Zealand Fiji result because that was obviously a surprise the other way, but I certainly didn't expect uh, England to, uh, to to win as easy as what they did. So that that was probably a disappointing end for PNG to finish their tournament on that note. It probably still it does give you a little bit of a gulf between those, those top tier countries still, but then obviously as we say, we'll talk on the New Zealand game shortly. So they just didn't quite um, quite follow through with their performances from early in the tournament. They were poor on the night. They were very poor in that opening 20 minutes. I mean, it was 38 nil at half time, and England only went on to win 46-6. It could have been a 60-point drubbing, uh, the way the first half was unfolding. I, I will say, I do think PNG have been super in this tournament and certainly come up a level, and I think the experience of playing Q Cup has been fantastic for them. I thought the English were super. Um, I, they were very impressive. Um, he's my style of coach, Shane. Uh, Warren, he, he just loves the physical stuff. He loves the roll through the middle. He had, he didn't need to open the doors uh, ready for him to play. He had him bumped up, and it completely dominated the physical stuff. And PNG uh, just could not go with them. They couldn't match it. Um, it was very lopsided, and you know, it was probably 26 nil after 26 minutes, Jimmy, and um, the line was gone. And you and I are on the same same page. Uh, we thought that. Yeah, 22 and a half probably took the PNG a long way into the game. Well, only probably took them 15 minutes into the game. And it sets up England now into a very warm position for this week's um, semi-final. I just want to ask you both about, and, you know, perception is everything in many ways, um, but results tell a story as well. And certainly the manner in which you gain that result. But Sean Wayne in the NRL now doesn't seem that far away, does it? If, if you could take a leap of faith with, with someone like the English coach, Jared. Oh, 100%, Jimmy. And, you know, I think the question mark's always been that he, he coached a very strong Wigan side. Yep. Uh, they're one of the two teams that's always had money, always been able to buy well. Listen, he's done an outstanding job with this English team. And if, if you talk to the astute English followers going back six weeks ago, um, they weren't holding a flame to how well this English team would go and whether they actually would get through the quarterfinals. Now, they've been the standout team. They've been the form team. Um, and I love what he's doing. And um, I, I agree with you. I certainly think when the cupboard has looked a little bit thin around some of the options to come through as the next potential NRL coach, his name has to be right in the middle of that discussion. 24-18, the Kiwis get it done against Fiji. They were down by 12 twice at different stages during the course of the game. But Tristan, what about our man Jordan Rapana, who <laughs> kicked four from five, but he kicked the first four from four, which in the end, like that was the big concern going in. In the end, that was the difference. It was a difference. And uh, it was certainly a little bit uh, nerve-wracking for the uh, the punters that had loaded up on a few multis with the Kiwis at the head-to-head for a little while, but they got the job done and... Uh, yeah, they, they go into this game now against Australia with um, obviously getting the result, but certainly not with the uh, with with the 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 ease that they probably expected going into the match. But yeah, Jordan Rappiner, if they had a kick lot they did against uh, uh, a week earlier, they might have been in a little bit of trouble, I suspect. So they they'd be very fortunate, or very happy with the outcome there. But yeah, certainly Fiji showed. I, I think 
going into the tournament, we were all pretty um, aligned in our thoughts that we thought Fiji might struggle in this event, and they certainly aimed up over the duration of the tournament. So good to see, good, good to see another one of those countries, um, yeah, really perform at the highest level in, in, you know, against New Zealand. Jimmy, I thought they should have won. I thought they beat themselves when it really mattered in that second half. A couple of really poor defensive misses that um, uh, ended up turning the game. You know, New Zealand were very lucky to get away with this. And realistically, I thought it wasn't until that last 20 minutes that Kieran Foran playing at nine started to straighten them up and give them a little bit better direction uh, on their early plays. And then it started to give Hughes a little bit of room. Um, you know, I, I've, yeah, if it hadn't been for Manu and Hughes, um, gee, I'm not sure that New Zealand are where they should should be right now. Um, yeah, I think Dylan Brown on the left has uh, had some patchy form. Um, I think um, Brandon Smith has not been at the level that they've needed at nine. Um, and a couple of those big forwards um, probably not stood out like we thought they could have. And they really need to turn that around against Australia this week. And touch on a couple of the other defensive issues that I think Australia are going to target in a moment. But yeah, New Zealand, very lucky to get through. I thought they should have been covering the line and they weren't even close. Jesse Bromwich had two runs for 20 metres. Like, <clears throat> um, Jared Warrior-Hargreaves, we're hearing he's out. So that's interesting. Moses Leota, though, is available. I, I just wonder, and we might talk about it. Well, I'll talk about it now. They need a centre. They need a they need a, a left centre. Chance Nickel Coxar. It, it, it's not. It, it, you know we saw defensively. Kevin Naguama cut him to shreds. Like you know that's Kevin Naguama. It's it's not um, Jack Whiten. So it's it's a really really interesting one. How they're going to get get around that? I, I thought it was a the the point about Brandon Smith is Brandon Smith as a nine. You get the sense it's a, it's rusty. It, he hasn't done it a lot. Brandon Smith as that running forward, you know, there were a couple of runs in the back 20 minutes there where if he doesn't make those runs, they don't win the game. Like there was that run where he just refused to be put on the ground and eventually earn his team a penalty. Then they go off the back of that and score a try. So it's like, I, I like what he's doing as a running forward, but the nine issue hasn't been as, as effective as we might've anticipated from Brandon Smith. They get through, as you say, there's elements of luck associated with that, but I guess you've got to ride it in something like a World Cup. They can come up for one game. We know that against Australia. What about Monday morning? 20 points to 18 Samoa over Mate Ma'atonga. This is an incredible transformation. I'd imagine, Tristan, it's been a roller coaster ride. This Samoa to win the tournament uh, has been on over the last four weeks. Oh, absolutely. The, uh, the market win the tournament, if you have a look at it now, with only the four teams left, uh, it certainly swung from, uh, it's into, they're into $13. So just having a look at the flux of that. So we opened the market at $23 back in, in July, earlier this year. They got out to a high of 34 Then before the tournament started, Samoa got into $10. They drifted all the way out to 40 to one when they lost to uh, England. And now they're back into 13 So Certainly been a big uh, variety in price there. And uh, yeah, it was it was obviously the most competitive betting game in terms of the head-to-head between Samoa and Tonga. And Samoa to get the result. They were well backed in the lead up to that game as well. The, the line shirt shortened up a couple of points. So the punders were all over them to cause the upset, which I think potentially the marketplace just maybe overreacted on the back of the uh, the, the first game against England. And I, I thought there was two sides to this um, conversation, Jimmy, and reviewing this game. I thought Tonga were really disappointing. And mm. for the big forward pack that they have, 
Um, and for where they've come through over the last two years, I, I, I just thought their tournament, in particular the last two games, um, and this one in particular was just really disappointing. And they got back to 2018 with 10 minutes to go in this game yeah. and still couldn't close it out. They just weren't good enough to do that. Um, you know, clearly Christian Wolf has had some problems trying to sort out what he does at, uh, did at number seven and it didn't work. And that was clearly a weak link in this game. Um, I thought some of those forwards uh, should have been stronger given the, the resume and reputation. And, you know, I know Lolo was very good the week before, but, you know, they needed him to be much more of a standout player in the middle than he was. Um, Samoa, to their, their credit, their forwards, where I thought that they were probably a, a slight disadvantage, really aimed up. Milford's pulled one out of his, um, you know, where for the ages he was outstanding. Um, his kicking game was very clever and very astute. Uh, Swali was very good from the back, but they took their chances. Um, and you look at a couple of the tries against them, they were actually only numbers tries, which are things that defensively they can they can look to fix. Uh, they're in a strong position going into this week. Yeah, that's going to be fascinating, isn't it? The demons of that first week uh, of the loss. And I, I reckon it was such a bad loss that you can easily, uh, you know, exercise those. So uh, that'll be an interesting... Uh, coaching uh, conundrum facing Matt Parrish. It's amazing how the Matt talk about the, the price of Samoa. It's the Matt Parrish roller coaster as well, too, right? You have to give him credit for them to come back and get back into this tournament and win that quarterfinal. Uh, and and we were talking about how highly rated his opponent was, Christian Wolf, and and yet that they did it. Um, you know, uh, elements of luck associated with that, but that's an eighty-minute performance. They get Junior Barlow. He avoids suspension. Uh, Joseph Swalehi is going to avoid suspension. He's just going to get a caution. They're going to have that same side there. And I would think that they're now building to another strong performance. They had the emotion of you know, the build-up to that Tonga game, but now they've got the emotion of, hey, we owe these guys one. We, you know, we They embarrassed us first week of the tournament. We get the chance to bounce back. And they probably acclimatise to the conditions a little more. Um, which, you know, is an element of associated with that. So fascinating, that second semi-final, how that's going to play out. Well, Jimmy, oh, absolutely. If we and um, sorry, Jared, and, and, and I think knowing a little bit how the English uh, national sides have played in various competitions along the way, you probably feel that opening game of the World Cup when they went in as underdogs after Samoa backed off the map. And I think everyone was concerned about how England would shape up and that was probably right where they want to be. Now, the fact that they're, they're odds-on favourites to make the World Cup final probably puts a little bit of pressure additionally on top of them in, 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 in this game, which um, I'm not necessarily certain that that's going to um, bode so well for them. And, yes, and I was, you know, basically got a bit of a free roll here. So I think at the price, it's certainly going to be an interesting conversation. Uh, uh, Tristan, I was going to say, so... Uh, my look at the markets this week, it appeared that Samoa opened somewhere around 10 and a half, which looked very generous and has been chipped away since Monday and, and now somewhere around seven and a half. And it appears that they've certainly been the move in this, this game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was 10 and a half into seven and a half now. Samoa 3.35, England $1.31. They were as high as 3.70, I think, early in the week. So they've certainly found Samoa. Which is um, which? Which I think is the right play. I, I think the marketplace has overreacted from that first game. It was a dollar sixty-five against England in the first game of the competition. Obviously, England's done very well since, and they won that game comprehensively. But it's a massive swing from where it was um, 
in the opening game of the tournament. So, I, I still think that that position is too wide because if we go back to that that week one game, um, uh, Samoa went into that as open four and a half point favourite, so minus four and a half. Started the game at minus three and a half against England. Um, and for that first 20 minutes actually went with them. If we then look at the week prior, Samoa had only landed six days prior to that game. I'm sure that they'd had five days of that six um, on the Terps with a bit of bonding and, and getting back together. And, and whether they won or lost game one, they're always going to finish in the top two for their pool and get through to a quarterfinal. So game one wasn't the focus. Now, they, nobody expected them to be as bad as they were. Uh, and they've clearly picked themselves up and then come forward. What we're now saying is when the market opened at minus 10 and a half on Monday, that it's a 15 to 16 point turnaround from where these two teams were four or five weeks ago. I just think that that's a massive overreaction and, and way too much of, a, uh, I think, the English getting a little bit overexcited about where, the, and where England are. So I, I think certainly the market back at seven and a half now um, he's probably about right. I still think it's a little bit generous, but um, Jimmy? Oh, I'm, I'm just wondering, have we consistently and constantly underestimated England? You know, we're just here singing their praises and yet here we are saying, oh, okay, well, um, you know, that, that, that line is now too short. So um, I, 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 I don't know, you know, like we've, we, what we've seen from England, we know they're under strength, but the players who are there are playing well. So, you know, what do you, what do you count for that? I, Victor I, I, Radley, I, I agree Victor with you Radley, totally. Victor Radley is one of those guys, Jared, that allow you to play differently and allow you to play to a style that's like, okay, where's the pressure on Wellsby as a 5'8"? Well, there isn't. Yes. You know, where's, the, where's the pressure on Williams as a halfback? Well, there isn't. You don't have to. You know, all this, this, you know, this pressure that comes with playing these pivotal positions, it's been eased by the fact that, you know what Victor's like? Victor gets in there and says, here, I'll do it for you. I'll show you how to do it. Here, have, throw it to me and I'll show you how to do it. So... That's that's the element that you just wonder uh, what impact that could have. I hope it's a great crowd there too. A huge crowd down at um, uh, Emirates Stadium down in London too. Arsenal's home home ground, so um, we might as well start with that. We sort of we've gone all through that game. So England dollar thirty one, right, Tristan? Yeah, England dollar thirty one, Samoa three thirty five, seven and a half. So um, yeah, there has been a push for the Samoans uh, since we opened that market, and and we've got a little awkward position at the moment where we've laid some multis on England head to head, but also laid the Samoa plus. So that's going to be an interesting uh, little position come jump time. The uh, the total points there looks like it's going to be a little bit lower than the Australian New Zealand game, around about that thirty nine and a half as well. And Jimmy, touching on the ground, who was a rocket scientist who, when they first scheduled all of these grounds, has ended up putting this side of the draw um, at Arsenal's home ground, the Emirates Stadium in London? I mean, it, it's not in the north of England. Uh, it, and this game, I thought both semi-finals should have been scheduled in the, the north of England. England would have had a far stronger home ground advantage and a big crowd, a lot of atmosphere, uh, very vocal, with it being down on a soccer pitch, um, I think it negates some of that advantage. So that certainly, in my opinion, comes into play. You're right. I, I think England have been uh, very impressive. I am tipping England to win. 
Uh, but I did think that eight and a half was too big earlier in the week. And if I was going to have a play in the game and, and find a betting option for this week, certainly that's where I want to be. But um, I can't be against England. I agree with your point about Radley, I think, and the coach deserves a wrap with the way that he's been prepared to adjust his game plan and use Radley. It's added a different dimension to how they're actually prepared to play left and right. Um, and it's brought um, some of their key players into play. I think Farmworth's been outstanding on the left yeah. edge. Um, you know, Dom Young, when he's got a clean ball, has been very good. Um, yeah, certainly through the middle have been very strong. I think that's just a great matchup in the middle. I'm with England to win, but I did think that the you know, if uh, when I took eight and a half earlier in the week, I just thought that that was a, a bit too wide. Would you take seven and a half? Are you trying to goad me into a little bet, are you, Jimmy? Well, I don't know, Jared. Uh, you lost your bottle, as they say in the north of England. You lost your bottle. Well, I haven't, Jimmy. I'm coming off a, a winning lunch bed last week. No, I'm more than happy to take the plus seven and a half. Thank you. I'll take the minus seven and a half for lunch. Why not? All right. There we go. Uh, all right. Let's go to the earlier semi-final. We've talked a lot about it. We've talked a lot around it. But well, 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 We should get Tristan's tips here. Tristan, you oh. with England, and where are you on the line? I, uh, I'm, I'm going to side with you, Jared. I, I, I just think the plus looks a little bit wide. So, uh, Jared's very, uh, Jimmy's very happy. He's popped yeah. up out of his seat there. I can, all that marketing we've sent down with the top sport logo and the, and, and the Titans, uh, Titans logo with the, uh, with the chest puffed out now. We can, we can see it. So, uh, yes, no, I'll, I'll be on your side there, Jared. You don't know what a relief that is, listeners. Seriously. It's, uh, <laughs> it's so comforting. Um, all right, you better tell us the prices for the first semi-final. That one's at Ellen Road's famous stadium. Uh, and this is Saturday morning, early our time. Yes, uh, Leeds United home ground. Uh, $1.20 Australia, $4.50 New Zealand, 12 and a half the line. So the number one team in the world are 12 and a half point underdogs against the number fifth ranked Australian side. Uh, 42 and a half the, uh, the, the total points. So Australia, very, very firm favourites. Just on that, uh, looking at the outright betting, just before we, we get onto that, Australia's $1.38 now to win the event. New Zealand out to $7.50. So it's fascinating how the market shifted because this semi-final was always expected. We're always expecting New Zealand to take on Australia in the semi-final. They were $4.20 only a few weeks ago in New Zealand. They got into a lowest of $3.70. And now they're playing the uh, expected matchup we were thinking we were going to see, and they're out to seven dollars fifty to win it all. So I think obviously the other uh, performance last week against Fiji doesn't have, have an impact on that. Australia's been pretty impressive as, as well along, along the way. Yeah, I, I have undenied about this twelve and a half position. I I think it's um, on paper. I think it's probably you know two and a half points, maybe three points, a little bit too big, but. I can't come into, into New Zealand. I think they've been incredibly disappointing. I'm sure the noise coming out of the camp is that this is the week. This is the game they're focused on. Um, where a Hargraves is out for mine, personally, I think that's a major out. I know, um, you know some good judges suggest that he's, uh, he's ill-disciplined and, and some of his, his questionable play is probably what not New Zealand want this week. Um, but he's he's such a big physical body, it's so experienced at these big games. I would still want him. Uh, it's a chips in game for the Kiwis this week. Jimmy, coming back to that uh, game last week against Fiji, the fact that Kevin Nagama, who was outstanding, and I love him and I love his attitude, but I mean, if there was a, a an over forty seniors game next week, he'd probably near be eligible. The fact that he's opening up the Kiwis down an edge. 
Um, and Hickey had some problems on the other edge. I mean, you know, Mitchell and White and Munster and Tedesco are just not going to need an invitation to be trying to play and target those edges. And I think that's where Australia ripped them open. Um, I think that's where their advantage is. I think Australia win. Um, I would suggest that uh, they probably do cover that line. The only other angle would be, I'm not sure that there's 44 points in the game. Um, I think uh, I think Australia might end up you know, winning by probably 12 or 14, and the Kiwis not necessarily contributing a lot because the one thing I think Australia have been very strong at through the last recent weeks is their defence and defensive attitudes been very good. Have you, have you guys felt that the game is a little bit different in the north of England, as in how you get points? Oh. I think it's been really fascinating to watch that it's more about passing the ball than running the ball. And like, you know, Joey Manu is getting all these raps and, and, you know, deservedly so because he's running for so many meters, but tell me he's more dangerous than a passing fullback in these conditions. I don't think he is like he's playing really well. And the way he scores his tries is support play and brute strength, but he, he's not a try assist guy. You know, even Tedesco with his limitations around passing is a try-assist guy. Latrell Mitchell's a try-assist machine. Like, you know, Josh Adokar's scoring a lot of tries and a lot of them coming off the back of, of what um, Latrell Mitchell is doing. Um, so I, I just think Australia's superior finishing skills, and, and let's make the presumption that, and I've been underwhelmed by what these, you know, vaunted middle forwards have been doing for New Zealand, and I've been really underwhelmed by Nelson Asafa-Solomona, actually on an edge. I, I don't think he's been that great, but I think the skill set that Australia bring to this game is exactly what's required in these conditions. And that's what New Zealand don't have. I think those edges that you talked about, Jared, absolutely. They've been looking at that and, and working out how to, how to pepper that New Zealand side along that way. And, um, you know, I, I think Harry Grant through the middle is going to be more dangerous than Brandon Smith through the middle. I, I think that's a given as well too. I think Australia do it comfortably. I think they do it more than a 12 and a half, but I agree with you. If I saw a 26 points to four score one, I'd go, yep, that's that's the type of game I'm anticipating. So um, I don't know. It sounds like unless Tristan wants to come in on the other side, it sounds like we're all rowing in the same direction. Oh, I agree. I'm, um, as much as it pains me to say, I'm, I'm on, I agree with everything you've said there, Jimmy. So um, it's uh, it, it certainly does look. I, I, I certainly can see that being the uh, the scoreline, and uh, yeah, the uh, the Aussies just look like they've that they've certainly uh, clipped in in an area that we we probably hope being Aussie fans might might have occurred. But yeah, they've certainly taken it to that that next level. All right, so we're all in uh, Australia minus the twelve and a half. Um, we have a little disagreement across England versus Samoa. That always makes it interesting for a lunch. Um, are you locking in your best? Is that what your best is, Jared? It is, Jimmy, and I did happen to tap um, Tristan on the shoulder a little earlier in the weekend. Oh, yeah, we're, on at, we're on at eight and a half, which probably should be the position for the lunch bet, but we'll be generous and give you today's position of seven and a half. Tristan, what's the market say right now? It definitely says seven and a half, although I do see this. We've, we've just launched a new app and a new <laughs> website on the Top Sport page, and there's actually a lunch bet top flight, which might come out at eight and a half. So I'm, I'm just trying to get that confirmed by the IT department. So. We'll have to uh, we'll have to let subscribers know where the uh, the actual lunch bet position is. Well, I just did a did a refresh and it was popping up at ten and a half. So, <laughs> Jimmy, you might be in some trouble. What are they? I've got a father-in-law. My father-in-law, and he says if you're in the room and you're in the meeting and you can't find the mark, if you can't find the mark, you're the mark. 
All right. If you can't work it out. So I think I've worked it out. So thank you for that. Um, all right, boys. Um, the racing rolls on. We've gone to Newcastle for the Hunter in New South Wales for this week. But um, what are we looking at here, uh, boys? We've, I know the Snake Gully Cup is on at Gundagai on, on Friday. So where are we looking, Jared? Uh, well, we also have uh, the Cranbourne Cup meeting, uh, obviously at Cranbourne on Saturday. So like uh, New South Wales, Victorian racing is uh, moving to some of their key provincial places. I actually went to race seven at Cranbourne, number nine, Bizarre, trained by the very informed Price Kent Yard, uh, comes up with a nice barrier. Uh, he's won four of his, uh, I think, last seven starts, $4.60. Uh, we'll go all in there as uh, my bet for the weekend. 1,600 metre, Cranbourne Cup, race seven on Saturday, number nine, Viznari. All right. Uh, and what price was it? 460, Jimmy. And what's your staking plan there, Jared? Uh, just a normal, usual uh, 100 all in, Jimmy. Just needed to be clear on that. Thank you very much. I'm going to go to Newcastle, Tristan, race six. Uh, and I'm going to go number seven, Global Ausbred. Global Ausbred, uh, currently in from 420 to 390, the 390 favourite for this one. Huey Bowman rides for Brad Whittup. Both runs this prep very good against quality opposition. So going to race on the speed. Generally speaking, third up is its best performance. So if it runs near the, the same as it did the, the first couple of runs, then uh, we are just lining up very neatly to get into the... Winners cube, all right. I think yeah, global Ospreys. It's uh, as you say, it's uh, looking very nice. It's been well backed as well, so it's certainly a different race uh, race card than what we had last weekend. Obviously, the Flemington Carnival and then the uh, the big meeting there in Sydney as well. So, but it's good to see you know Newcastle. We've got a couple of uh, couple of decent races there. The Cranbourne Cup, the Apache States as well. So um, yeah, we uh, we're rolling on. We've got the Perth Carnival, not around the corner too far either. All right, you, I think everyone's waited long enough, Tristan. You've got to tell us what was the stable report coming out for Summer Loving uh, on the back of that, well, in the end, impressive third place. It was a very impressive third place, and we've seen a bit of a move in terms of some of the futures betting. It's now into the equal six favourite for the Golden Slipper, into $18. And uh, I think there's going to be plenty of improvement um, from its first up performance. It's now going to be looking at the, uh, the wild magic millions in early December is probably its next, next start. It's going to be a little freshen up and then potentially move towards the, uh, the Gold Coast magic millions. So uh, it could be a, it could be a decent little weekend up here on the Gold Coast if it happens to make its way into the, into the magic million. And so uh, very exciting, obviously didn't quite get the kick exactly as it wanted to and got squeezed at the outset, but certainly Blue home, and I think the promising side of things was that it's uh, generally it's a it's a horse that likes to lead, and it still raced very uh, very well when it was ridden upside down. So I think that's a bit exciting for going forward. And did you end up with uh, anything else running this weekend, Tristan? We've actually got a little runner actually in uh, in in Brisbane. In the um, I was very very happy to see the uh, the the number of acceptances brought out in race one at Doom, but number race one, number three, Diamond Heels uh, in the Chrissy Months yard at $6. So there's a very firm favourite abounding in the uh, 
in, in, in the race, which is a dollar fifty-five. But Diamond Hills at trial, okay, first up. So let's just have a look. I, I don't. I wouldn't be as as bullish as what I was last weekend, but um, I think it'd be finishing in the top five anyway. What does it pay for fifth? Has it got a? <laughs> it's got a price there or a fair dinkum. Are you going? You're going to back it each way or not? Oh, I have a little something on it, but it's uh, it's it, it, I think it certainly should be in the top two in betting. It's sitting there at third favourite, and I, I think there might be a little bit of a push for it. Muncie's a very very shrewd trainer. He's found a very nice race for it early in the uh, in, in the summer. So if you can get a little bit of prize money, it could work out uh, to be an advantage later on as we get close to Magic Means. Geez, Magic Millions is shaping up as a small week for you, Tristan. <laughs> I think that was the week that you're coming up, isn't it, Jimmy? Oh. You're shouting lunch on the Friday and the Saturday. No, no yeah, and the movies with the whole, the whole, uh, the whole uh, room decked out for all of our all of our listeners. We might get Jimmy there to pay up his lunch bet bets. Mate, where is that? The the top sport lounge at, at <laughs> Rabuna? That'd be fantastic. That'd be fantastic. All right, gentlemen, uh, pressing commitments everywhere. Um, great Rugby League World Cup semi-final weekend coming up. Uh, and, of course, the good racing continues as well. And, Jared, keep going with those stories. That only thing page, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the turnover will be amazing. Well, you did mention Chris Munts, Jimmy. But anyway, listen, the NRL draws out today. Uh, the 5th of May, Magic Round in Brisbane. And we'll be doing a lunch on the Friday. That's and right. we'll have a big room, at least 100 people there. And we might even get you up to try and shout a couple of drinks on the Friday afternoon. Well, that was my next question. Do I have to pay for lunch? Is what, What's going on? <laughs> How does that work? Anyway, we'll sort it out. We'll sort it out. Good on you, gents. Enjoy your Thanks, weekend. Cheers. See you, gentlemen. Reading the Play is Australia's favourite source of NRL and horse racing tips. Our professional analysts provide the sporting enthusiasts with the best of the best. Get the best professional tips and previews from our tipsters direct to your phone. Readingtheplay.com.